Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but is a match from Podmatch. She is the president of Perk Consulting, an advisory firm for small to mid-sized nonprofits and businesses, and the founder of the Minority Christian Women Entrepreneurs Network. She is an author, a business strategist, and a diversity advocate. It's Andrina Sawyer. Hi, Andrina. Hi, Julia. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you for being here. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So I am originally from Sierra Leone, a small country in West Africa. I currently live in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and as you mentioned, a lot of my work right now um, revolves around doing consulting work for nonprofits and small businesses. I've been doing that for 11 years and I absolutely love it. Outside of that, I enjoy writing, um, you know, and just spending time with friends and family. That's awesome. How, so how long have you been in Baltimore? I've been in Baltimore five years, for five years, but I've been in the D.C. metro area since college. I went to school at Howard in D.C. Nice. I also went to college in D.C. I went to Catholic U in the North End. So I was in the D.C. area for a while. I I lived in Silver Spring for a minute, um, and then I moved to Virginia, so I live in Richmond now. (laughs) <laughs> oh, nice. So you're you're close. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too far. No, it's it's really cool. When I started this podcast, it was mostly just like my DC area and Virginia friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've I've been able to talk to people all over the country and like yourself. And so I'm I'm curious, how did you make your way to the states? If you don't mind sharing a little bit, like how long have you been in the states? Sure. So I came. My family and I came when I was nine uh, because of a civil war that was happening in Sierra Leone at the time. Um, which ended up actually being a decade-long civil war. So it lasted for almost 11 years. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily for us, or I guess maybe you can just say by the grace of God, my mother worked for an airline at the time, and so we were able to escape that war. And when wow. we first came, we lived in New Jersey um, and you know, made my way around a little bit and then ended up, like I said, in the D.C. area. Mm-hmm. But it wow. was a war. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sure that this... I would assume that this verse and your faith are connected to that story and that journey. So I'm excited to see how this verse kind of maybe applies to your faith journey in your life. Um, you've chosen a verse that we talked about first Peter five, one through seven, a few weeks before this. <laughs> so it's, it's cool to kind of follow up with v- this verse. So you're going to be reading first uh, Peter five, 10. So if you wouldn't mind reading that verse for us. Absolutely. So I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation, uh, which says, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. I actually read through 11. That's okay. Yeah, no, mine, mine is similar. So mine says, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory through Christ Jesus, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you after you have suffered a little. To him be dominion forever. Amen. So yeah, um, similar sentiments here. I'm just going to give a little bit of context. So we did talk about um, verses one through seven, the 
verses right before this a couple weeks ago. And um, those verses were a little bit about like instructions for priests at the time and Christians at this time, because a lot of these New Testament letters are trying to instruct Christians on this new faith that's forming and kind of like how to be a Christian. And then this verse that you've chosen is kind of more towards the end of the, the letter, actually. So it's kind of like a little concluding statement, and we're getting towards the conclusion of this letter. But my first um, question for all my guests is, why did you choose this verse, Andrina? Well, it's because of what you said earlier, right? So, you know, my origin story of coming from Sierra Leone, I feel like so much of my life has been classified as suffering. And mm-hmm. I remember when I felt like the Holy Spirit first gave me the scripture, first led me to the scripture, I was going through a really hard time in business and entrepreneurship. And uh, there were two scriptures. One was Isaiah 54, and the second was this, First Peter uh, 5.10. And ever since then, this has become my life verse. And so whenever I'm in need of encouragement or whenever I encounter someone else who's in need of encouragement, I usually reference this verse as Mm -hmm. kind of the summary of hope uh, that we have um, in Christ Jesus, not just for, you know, future redemption and restoration, like eternally speaking in terms of salvation, but even in the here and now, like we have this hope. Uh, So it's, it's my life verse. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see. I mean, this is, a, like you said, a very good summary of that, you know, we can get our strength in Christ, even though we're going to suffer a little bit. And I, I do think it's just a very lovely kind of summary. You know, Paul, I'm a big Paul girl. And so a lot of his letters talks about suffering and how we have to endure and persevere. And there's so many verses in his letters about it. But this is in Peter. And it's just kind of a really simply put, you know, we're going to have a little bit of suffering, but Christ will strengthen us. So I don't know if you want to maybe speak a little bit more about those moments in your life or maybe moments where this verse has come into play or how it can help us in our lives. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm a Paul girl too. Yeah. You know, I, I just feel like he's so raw and he's so honest, Yeah, um, you know, as, as we should be with, with scripture and our walk with God. But, you know, a couple of reasons why I love this verse is because it affirms us and it affirms like the realness of life. Right. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of my early conversion experience, I was led to believe, or maybe it was my interpretation, that as soon as I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, <laughs> you know, a lot of church language, mm-hmm. life was going to be this like perfect gold plated road experience. And it just wasn't. Um, and then when I realized that there's a lot of suffering that comes with this and, you know, suffering is subjective, I questioned God a little bit. Um, and I questioned whether my conversion was real, whether God was real, like, what is the point of it all? And one of the things I really like about the scripture is that it doesn't deny the reality of that. In mm-hmm. fact, it affirms that we will go through a lot of that, that kind of stuff. Uh, for me, at the time when I found this scripture, I just started in entrepreneurship. Um, I was a couple of years in, but I'd hit this wall where there was a lot of lack, a lot of scarcity, a lot of doubt, a lot of fear. Um, and I felt like this was God saying, you know, suffering is not new to you. It's not new to mm-hmm. the believer, period. But here's what's in store. Um, so, again, it just really kind of gave me that jolt that I needed. And it affirmed me that I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it also said that if you just hang in there, you know, there are greater things ahead of you. Um, and again, it's just a, a couple of sentences, but it just was so impactful um, and powerful at the time. Mm-hmm. No, thank you for sharing. I think a lot of people can relate. And I like how you said suffering is kind of 
kind of subjective, but I think what we can, you know, something like you described earlier, like a war, like that is, we can all probably say like objectively like suffering. Um, but then maybe something where, you know, struggling with our jobs, you're mentioning like, you know, getting businesses started, I'm assuming, and, and kind of struggling with work. Um, you know, that is suffering too. Maybe it's not the same type of suffering as, you know, having to flee your country or something like that. But um, I think you're right that it acknowledges that, you know, we're, no matter where we're at in our lives, like it's it's normal to suffer. It's part of the human experience. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you wanted to respond to that, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. And, and suffering is subjective because I think about even my life, whenever I, you know, kind of talk about my experiences, obviously war <laughs> is yeah. kind of a, a, a pivotal moment, you know, and it would be for anybody. But then I, I came when I was nine. So, mm -hmm. you know, being in my 30s now, I've lived a lot of life after nine, you know, mm -hmm. and so, mm -hmm. yes, that is suffering, but there have been other forms of suffering that changed my life, probably in equal proportion to that experience. And so whether it was in college and me almost not graduating because of financial aid issue, that was a type of suffering or me dealing with the death of my grandmother, that's a type of suffering mm -hmm. or me being ill and not being able to perform in my business, which was my sole source of income. That's a type of suffering as well. Um, and again, what I love about the scripture is it doesn't say if your suffering meets this threshold, then God yeah. will restore you. It just says whatever the suffering is. Yeah. You know, I, I think about a situation that I was talking with a friend of mine about living with someone. It was like a roommate situation that was so uncomfortable. And even though there was no physical harm, there was no physical pain, like the discomfort of even that situation was suffering for her. Mm -hmm. um, and so whatever it is, I love the fact that scripture does not diminish what you consider suffering. If it brings you pain, I believe that it also brings God, God's pain because he sympathizes with us. You know, scripture talks about how we have a high priest mm -hmm. uh, that's, that, that sympathizes uh, with our, mm -hmm. our pain. And so no matter what the level of suffering is, it's real. That's part, point one, but then point two is that there's life after the suffering. Mm -hmm. um, and that's and that's the hope. That's kind of what I was going to ask next is like, how can this verse bring us hope? It definitely gives us the affirmation that, you know, we will endure suffering. And you explained so beautifully that it doesn't matter the type of suffering, but that we are going to experience suffering. But how maybe does this verse give us that hope? Yeah, the, the last part of this. And, I, I you know, I love that this verse could have used one word. It could have just said, you know, after you've suffered a little while, God will restore you and that'll be the end of it. But it gives, you know, four different, you know, types of adjectives uh, or mm -hmm. verbs where, mm -hmm. you know, in the NLT, it says after you've suffered a little while, he will restore one mm -hmm. support two, strengthen three and then place you on a firm foundation. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and other interpretations say that he will restore and make you strong, firm and steadfast. So I love the fact that it reinforces that this hope is so intentional. This restoration process is so intentional. Um, I remember when I first read it, I thought about an athlete. Um, mm -hmm. I used to play uh, high school basketball. And, you know, after you go through this like grueling uh, tr uh, tryout or practice, when you first get back into working out, like your body breaks down. Mm -hmm. And it goes into the, like, you have to go through these steps of rehabilitation. And that's what the scripture made me think about. It's like, you've been beaten up by the world. You've been beaten up by circumstances. And then God will restore you. 
And it's like only after the body is restored Mm -hmm. can we begin to like feed it again. Can we begin to like look at future hope? Can we begin to have these ambitions? And it's the same thing for us. It's like after God has restored us, then he supports, then he strengthens. It's almost like a block by block, like healing restoration process. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's what this verse does. It really drives the point home that I'm with you for the long haul. Thank you. That's so well said. I'm. I like that you called our attention to those verbs. My my verse also has strengthen and restore. Um, mine has confirm, which I I don't know, what that I could take or leave. But um, and then instead of foundation, you talked about building a foundation. But mine says like will establish you. And so it mm-hmm. makes me think of like your business, maybe entrepreneurship. Like you're suffering a little bit, but then eventually, like he will place you on a firm foundation or establish you. And it's amazing how like we quickly forget. I think we were in our suffering, and I don't know you you. Can respond and say if you agree or not. But I think when we're in our suffering, it's really hard to see like that we're ever going to get out of it, that we're ever going to be strengthened by it or ever going to be renewed. You know, I don't know if you would agree with that. (laughs) No, no, I I totally agree with that. And I I think that's that's the point. You know, like when you read the entirety of uh, First Peter five, it's like there's so much talk about like, oh, the enemy's going to come, a lot of destruction, Mm -hmm. a lot of suffering, Mm -hmm. a lot of attacks. And it's almost like, well, you know, why why should I hope? You know, if, mm-hmm. if all of this is, is inevitable and all of this is going to happen, why should I hope? And I love the translation uh, that you have, actually, that says that uh, God himself will establish you. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, when I read that, if God establishes me, that means that no one can un- undo that. You know, to mm-hmm. be established is something different to me uh, than to just be restored. To be restored probably for me, right, means that I've been put back to where I was in the beginning, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been put back. But to be established is to be immovable. It's like, it's almost anonymous. I think about a statue. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to take a very strong force to, to undo anything that's been established, your reputation, whatever it is. And when God himself establishes you, it's a done deal. You know, yeah. that cannot be undone no matter what the the circumstances are and what the opposition is. Oh my gosh. That's such a beautiful, like I was kind of getting chills a little bit, like thinking about that, like, like what you said, exactly. You said you put so well, like that restore kind of means like going back to where we were, but then to be established and especially by him, like you said, that's such a beautiful, beautiful image. Um, and definitely gives us that hope that I was kind of asking you about earlier. Um, you mentioned a little bit when we were talking about your story that like by the grace of God, you know, you were, you're here. Um, and this verse too mentions about like the God of all grace. So I guess maybe can, I want to talk a little bit about that word grace. Like what does grace mean to you? Mm. <laughs> such a loaded question. <laughs> I know it's such a simple <laughs> word, but there's like no good def. I mean, there's lots of definitions, but what's your definition? No, but I agree. I don't, I don't know if there's one good definition because it, it just encompasses so much, right? So in, in a larger kind of big picture, grace is what's been offered to us through Christ's death and resurrection, mm-hmm. right? It means mm-hmm. salvation. It means that we have been protected from what we otherwise uh, deserve, right? So whether that's, you know, hell, whether, whether that's, you know, the enemy coming to attack us, whatever it is, like it means protection. It means salvation to yeah. me. But then I think about like daily living and what grace means. It means having a commitment from our heavenly father that he is with us right and that that manifests and it, it manifests in different ways it manifests in the way he provides for us and the way he protects us and the way he directs us you know i've heard testimonies of people you know 
the Holy Spirit telling people, drive down this road instead of that road. And they later found out there was an accident on the road mm-hmm. that they, you know, they did not go down. And I think about that's what grace looks like in just daily living. Yes, there's big picture grace, right? But there's also these like minute every moment experiences that we have with God's grace. I just think of it as as kindness. And in fact, that's what the NLT, that's the word that uh, the NLT uses in the scripture is God's kindness mm. um, that he's called us to eternal glory. Um, mm-hmm. In your translation and in others that I've read, it says all grace, meaning mm-hmm. that there's no exemption <laughs> mm-hmm. from, from this grace that God is offering um, when he says that he will restore us after we've suffered. The God of all grace, mm-hmm. like anything good um, is included in that. Anything good that can come from God, I think, is included in that definition. Yeah, I don't think that word all is a mistake or, you know, I, there, I don't like I. I, I like how you said that it's because you could have just written like the God of grace, you know, or whatever, but no, it's like mm-hmm. the God of all grace, like can protect us from anything is all powerful, can forgive us from anything. Like when I think of grace, like I meant, like you mentioned, like think about redemption, like it's that salvation. Um, but I like how you said protection too. I think certainly it, grace is a gift. And I think yeah. whatever we need in that moment that's that's the grace that he gives is like what we need in that moment and that's if we can choose to accept that gift and open it and use it or not so it can be strength it can be kindness as you mentioned it can be production like it is that's why it's such a hard word to define (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I go back and forth sometimes about you know the difference between grace and mercy and Mm. i'm just like i don't know i feel like grace is this large umbrella term for anything that is good including god's mercy you know, like even the scripture is, is a testament of God's mercy because, mm-hmm. you know, if we go just based on like our our understanding of just our experience, our Christian experience, we should not be here. We shouldn't even have the option to be offered restoration, right? Mm-hmm. If we if we think about sin, and I don't want to get into all that. I'm not a theologian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk about the sin experience and all of that. But if we take that literally from Genesis, then grace is even the option to be restored. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just, sometimes it just uh, makes it's intense. Yeah, yeah, it's intense to think about. And and um, I, I guess I like how you said that this is a verse of mercy, you know? So I wonder if we can maybe speak a little bit about that, because I agree, I think it is a very, you know, so, so much of the scripture is merciful. So maybe what did you, what do you mean by that? How does this verse offer us mercy? Yeah, again, just the option to be restored. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think about, you know, like kind of this difference when I when someone asked me, why are you a Christian? Mm-hmm. And the my honest answer is because I'm really nothing without God. And I don't think much of humanity is anything without God's grace and mercy. Mm-hmm. So in this verse, again, there's this admission of there's really not a lot good in this world, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Outside of God, there's really not a lot good in the world, in this world, but the mercy comes in because he says, after all of this is done, here's what I want for you, Mm -hmm. right? Like, here's what I'm offering you. And if he's offering it is as good as done again, if we're willing to kind of receive and accept that. And to me, that is extremely merciful because God could have, could have ended it all with Noah, could right. have ended it all with Sodom and Gomorrah. He could have ended it. There's so many what ifs. I think about my own life. Like, 
being a, a, a survivor of war and how many people I know who did not make it or if they made it, their lives have forever been changed because they were maimed or, you know, whatever the circumstances were. But mercy is like, I'm going to make it better, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that to me, again, is just he doesn't owe me that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, according to his covenant, he said he would do that. Right. But in his sovereignty, if he didn't do it, he'd still be God. So the fact that he's offering this is, is you know, again, mm-hmm. humbling. Yeah. Um, are you sure you're not a theologian? I feel like you just summarized like a lot of salvation history really well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was really good. Um, yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, I agree. I think the fact that he's even offering this strength and this restoration to us you know, in spite of our suffering, like you mentioned in Genesis with the, with the original sin, like we, we aren't, aren't worthy necessarily of that redemption, but because we have a loving, merciful God, like he gives us that he wants to offer us that strength and that restoration. And then, and so again, it just makes me like, I don't think about this though, when I'm in my suffering and my suffering, I should be going to this and being like, it's good. You're going to be fine. You're going to be restored. You'll be renewed. You'll be strengthened even. But in that moment, I'm not thinking about this, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no. And that's true. And that's true. And and I think that's why I always, I, I t- try to mention, reference this verse because it's not like this, like lollipop, like, mm, you know, mm-hmm. like pop music experience. Like, you know, it's not this mm-hmm. idyllic experience where it's like God comes in like Superman and he saves us. And that's yeah. the end of the story because suffering sucks. And it doesn't matter, again, what the level of suffering is. Like, I have friends right now who are dealing with some major issues. I think about myself and some of the fears and the concerns that I have that if I give even a minute too long to, like it ruins my day. Like mm-hmm. all of that stuff is uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. we all want God to just make our lives just peaches and cream and just perfect mm-hmm. all the time. But it's ugly and it's exhausting and it's symptomatic of our fallen nature and the mm-hmm. fact that we're distant from God and we don't have what he originally wanted for us. Right. Um, and it sucks. But again, the hope is if God is who he says he is, right? And he's going to do what he says he's going to do then he will do all of these things. And what keeps me going back to the scriptures, when I first got this in reference to my entrepreneurship journey, I saw God do some things that were miraculous. There was no other word to describe it. And so now when I have suffering in other areas, you know, I have to tell myself, well, if he did it in this way before, and if he addressed that suffering, perhaps he can address this suffering as well. And, yeah. you know, keep telling myself that no matter what the suffering is, if his character is such that he was faithful in this way, then he has to be faithful in these other ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. I, I've talked about that a few times on this podcast, just like in those times when we're in desolation and we feel like mm-hmm. we can't see any other way. You know, I go back to those moments of, well, I know, though, in this moment, he made himself known. And like in this mm-hmm. moment, he did save me or protect me from this. So I I do have to go back to those consolations when I'm in desolation. And I think a lot of people right now think we're in the most desolate like moment in history. Like we have this pandemic that won't stop. We were talking a little bit before about COVID and um, you know, certainly in our country right now, we're very divided. There's lots of political mess and with social media, it just seems to exacerbate that. It just seems to be like no end to like the war in Ukraine. Like it just seems to be, so like to apply it to like to, to today, how can we take this verse to maybe help us in all of these maybe things we're suffering through right now? Yeah. 
and that's a lot. Right. It's so, a lot. I mean, I feel that, tra- I mean, like, I think a lot of us are going to be dealing with like the ramifications of these past two years, you know, oh, yeah. in the future. So anyways. Oh yeah. No, no, I, I agree. I'm actually like waiting for more research to come out to, to, yeah. to show what's, what's happening. But um, in short, I think what the scripture means for today is it's a call for believers to remember that it's temporary. You know, and, and sometimes when we use words like temporary, it almost sounds like we're trying to diminish things, like we're trying to downplay stuff. Yeah. But really, that's what it is, right? Like in the spectrum of eternity, the last two years, perhaps this goes on for another eight years and we're here for a decade, you know, like the Civil War in Sierra mm-hmm. Leone. It's like this is literally a dot in the spectrum of eternity. And this is a lot of suffering at one time. And it makes sense that our mental health, you know, for people, it's people are struggling, like economically we're struggling, but it's temporary. Mm-hmm. And there is a God who is bigger than this. And there's a God who's seen the future. Um, and we have to, we have to trust that, that if these promises are true, that he will restore, he will make us strong, he'll make us steadfast, he will establish, then he's able to do that again, not just on an individual level, but collectively for us. Um, you know, as a country, one of my, my favorite uh, scriptures in uh, First Chronicles, I believe, which is that if my people who are called by my name will humble my, themselves and pray, I will heal their land. You know, I believe that when God does a work of restoration, like the scripture talks about, it's not just for us as individuals, but there's potential for him to do it for like communities. Mm-hmm. And there's possibility for him to even do it for like cities mm-hmm. um, because he's that big. So I think what Christians can take away from this is that even this is not too much from God for God. He's mm-hmm. able to restore. Yeah, no, I think that's very well said. I I go to Paul so much, as I mentioned, because I think, you know, I look at this, these moments in the early church, you had mentioned even earlier in this letter from Peter, like they're really going through it and they're really just like, okay, people are going to try to attack us and try to take this away from us. But like, this is how we're going to deal with it. And I think, you know, in the, like you mentioned in the grand scheme of things, maybe we've never gone through anything like this before. Like this pandemic seems like unending and, you know, chaotic for us. But mm-hmm. like you mentioned in the grand scheme of the history of the world and, and even within the Bible, like I go, like you mentioned old Testament going back to um, like in the Babylonian exile, right. Or in Exodus when they're wandering in the desert, like those were periods of long time where they thought they were never going to get out of it. Um, but then God did rescue them eventually from it, you know? So I don't know. Thank you for that reminder. It's always good to go back to scripture, which is why I love to do this podcast. Um, What else would you like to say about this verse? Any kind of like final takeaways or final thoughts? Yeah. You know, for anybody that's suffering right now that might be listening, really make this personal. You know, for a while, that's what I did with the scripture. I wrote it on my mirror, you know, and I actually substituted my name in the scripture. Mm. Um, I just needed it to be, you know, again, that personal experience for me. And so, you know, reading from NIV and the God of all grace who called Andrina to his eternal glory in Christ after I have suffered a little while will himself restore me and make Mm. me strong, firm and steadfast. Um, But again, I just love how personal it is. It's not lengthy. It's not one of those like where you have to go read and digest. I just think it's so straightforward Mm -hmm. Um, and it offers hope, which at the end of the day is really what a lot of us are in need of right now. 
Mm -hmm. I agree. I love that personalization of it. I think that's a really good, I've done that before where I've put like little verses, post-it notes on my mirrors, things I just need to be reminded of in the morning. And I love that you personalized it. And again, this verse is something that I think me personally, when people pick verses, I'm like, okay, why did they pick this verse? You know, it's easy just to kind of brush over and be like, yeah, God of all grace, you know, well, whatever. And it's kind of, like I said, a concluding statement. So I was kind of reading it as such. So I love that we have these conversations and we can really pick it apart. <laughs> and mm -hmm. and I really love that this is a summary. I think I'm, you know, thank you for bringing it because I'm going to definitely use it as a summary when I'm in my moments where I need strength. Um, at the end of the podcast, I give people a chance to promote anything, projects. I know you're involved in a lot of things. So what would you like to share with us about like what you've got going on? Yeah, but before I do that, Julia, can I just share this really quickly? Yes, so please, whatever you want. <laughs> I opened my Bible um, right now. That's why I'm reading from the NIV. And I just saw a little note I'd written um, a couple years ago, and I just circled um, where it says, will himself restore you? And there's mm. a note that says restoration from God himself is the best restoration there is. And I just, I didn't mention this earlier, but one of the reasons why I love this verse so much is because of the use of that word himself. Mm. It was like, God is not going to send a replacement for your situation like you know what i mean like he himself is going to be there and that no, 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 always, yeah yeah that that was something that was really encouraging for me oh my gosh thank you for sharing that i didn't mean to cut you off like i i now i'm going back to my my translation too and mine has also yeah will himself through christ jesus you know just like oh i love that yeah. thank you i didn't yeah, mean to cut you you can say whatever you want about the verse. I didn't mean to to cut you off. No, I actually I hadn't I hadn't thought about it, but I opened my my Bible just now instead of reading on my screen, and um, that's what I just mm -hmm. remembered that just standing out and making all the difference because yeah. at the time I just felt so distant from God, and I just was wondering whether He was hearing my prayers, whether I'd heard Him correctly, and I remember just seeing the word Himself, like He's not sending someone on his behalf you know mm. like a like a human being to like a friend or a sermon or worship music but he himself um yeah could be there you know and i just that yeah, makes it really that. personal yeah, yeah that makes it really season. that relationship yeah yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> anything else you um, want to share about yourself yeah no so how i think you asked how can people uh get in contact with mm -hmm. me so social is probably best I'm really active on um, Facebook, Instagram at Andrina underscore Sawyer. I also have my website, AndrinaSawyer.com. And then anyone that's interested in like business, entrepreneurship stuff, um, the website is perkconsulting.net. And you do um, consulting for like nonprofits and businesses, small businesses? Correct. I do nonprofit, uh, mostly strategic planning, some grant writing and fundraising as well. And I've worked with a few churches. So if there are any mm -hmm. ministry leaders that are listening, you know, I'd love to support. Great. Well, if you all want to find me on social media, I'm on Instagram at Seven Mile Chats, all spelled out. And I, uh, I'd love to hear from you what you think about this podcast. And if you'd like to be a guest, you can find me there. I'm also on Twitter at Miss Druckley, one M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1, where I tweet about what's going on in my classroom and Catholic education. Um, but thank you, Andrea, really, truly for bringing this verse. It's such a great one. So thank you for doing this. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I really enjoyed this. Bye, everyone. Mm -hmm.